Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across New Donk City, James. That's right. How are you doing today, man? I am doing well. I have been well caffeinated. And- That's right. We had to uh, do a double injection of caffeine for James today and myself because it's it's been a long couple of weeks, and yes. uh, we're trying to do a couple extra episodes back to back today, so we're, we're caffeined up. And hopefully that'll get us through this episode today, which was about one of our favorite topics. Super Mario Odyssey. That is right. So this was an excellent, trying to just do a brief overview of it. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey is a 2017 platform game developed and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch. It was a big release title for the whole series. It really was. Um, and it's one of those games that really kind of just set the stage to show like, hey, this is what the Switch can do. Mm-hmm. And it can do it well. It's a game specifically tailored towards the mechanics and the uh, platform and the uh, system. Which has always kind of been the case with Nintendo systems in general. Yep. Even during kind of the darker Wii U years, the first party games that they develop for themselves are mm-hmm. always beautiful numbers. Like yeah. the Zelda games, the Super Mario games. Like they develop them for the hardware and it's always just amazing. And unlike, I hate to say it, Putting Skyrim on the Switch kind of did it a disservice, in my opinion. It was it was a good idea, but it was graphically just rendered down to hell. You know, it's just yeah, and those type of like branching story options and stuff. Yeah. Just the mouse and keyboard format is better. For that way game. better, way better. So, but like you said, Nintendo just does an amazing job to try and get their 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 IP onto their their platform. Mm-hmm. And they do an amazing job with it always. This was an important game for them because the Wii U era was very bad for Nintendo. Yes. The, that console was a massive loss. Not a lot of people bought it. The games didn't do very well, nope. even though, frankly, objectively speaking, they were pretty good games. They, they were. The console just didn't do good. And really, the 3DS sales are what kept the company as a whole. It really did. During those years. And this is kind of like, and once they came out with the Switch, kind of going into the stuff. I know we're kind of going ahead of getting ahead of ourselves about a little bit. But the Switch has been a massive success for Nintendo. Humongous. It's brought it's, it back from the brink. and It really was. Even now in 2021, the console is four years old and sales are better than they've ever been. It's it's And it's extremely hard to still, it's still extremely hard to get one. It, I mean, most of what you can get are the newer con, the newer versions, which are the, the Joy-Cons that are attached to the, to the mm. screen. Already, the Switch Lite. But a lot of people yeah. have sat around asking, like, is Nintendo going to make a HD Switch? Which, and they might. They actually announced it. Oh, did they? They did it? announce it. They had some rumblings a while back. They announced it a little bit a while ago. It's a slightly bigger version of the original one, and it has it's the same thing, but it's going to have upres. I think it's up to. I think I want to say it's 1080p. Mm. And so it looks, yeah. it's going to be nicer. It's got some upgraded hardware in it a little bit. It's like a slightly upgraded, upgraded, up, upgraded version, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not like... I decide if it's enough to buy another one. It probably isn't. In my opinion, it's not. If you haven't bought one yet, go ahead and buy one. Yeah. If it's if it's just going to be like upscaling games, then yeah. I don't think it'll be that much better. It'll be fine. It won't. I think... Because even on my 4K TV, the 780p Switch looks great. Yeah. It's fine. That's what I said. It's and in most of the games that you play on there, 
which the games they came out with, excuse me, and they've come out with for the Nintendo, like Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. Odyssey, um, the new Super Mario Party games, things like that. They don't require a ton. They're not graphically intense. I mean, they look gorgeous, but they've scaled it in such a way and done the artwork yeah, in such a way I mean, that it looks good for the game. Nintendo has gone for a more stylized. Yes. Maybe cartoony is the wrong word, but a very stylized graphical style instead mm-hmm. of going like the hyper-realistic route that you see in some of the cutting edge like PS5 games. Yeah. Which the Switch hardware wouldn't do anyway. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Not at all. So it's, it's good they play to their strengths, and it, it just it fits like the Nintendo feeling anyway. I mean, people play Nintendo games can feel good. Exactly. So let me ask you this. If you're thinking that they might try to come out and compete a little bit graphically or something like that, do you think they would make a, a dock system that has allows you to play games in an upscaled version or at least have hardware that like runs off of the Switch? It would put them into a difficult position, I think, because if they want to maintain compatibility between the original Switch mm-hmm. and hypothetically like a 4K HD Switch, yeah, is there even room on those little flash cartridges for a 4K game? I don't know that there is. That's the thing is, and you'd end up being, I mean, it'd be like... reason, like, 4K games are on Blu-ray discs now. They just take a massive amount of space. Well, talking about that a little bit, that's a reason why you look at some things like, I I had to, uh, my brother-in-law actually got me uh, Doom a while back for the Switch when it first came out. And I remember the download for that was enormous. It was literally like, I had to download something like 10, no, I think it was like 8 gigs I had to put on my on my switch and that was for the lower switch versions i know like the pc yeah. install is one like 20 gigs it's, it's that's ri- and that's ridiculous so you can imagine the amount of space you would have to have for something like that so you would have to ex- exponentially increase the uh like a micro sd card which is what the switch cartridges yeah, are i guess it has the space but they only they only uh support up to 64 gigs from what I remember, no, they sell one twenty eight. They, they even sell, sell two. Is that a, is that a, is that a, well? I know they sell them, but do they are they compatible with the new systems though? I don't know if they're compatible with the Switch. I mean, I know the Switch's like hard drive expansion slot can take a two fifty six or a five twelve even. Okay, but that might be compatible. That I might be a prepare like a, an actual component that Nintendo has to sell to you or yeah, something like that. I don't know. It would definitely make the cost of producing the cartridges more expensive. That's what I would kind of think, but, but I don't know what percentage of their sales the cartridges even are at this point. No, I would I wouldn't know. But so, but luckily. Luckily, with what they've gotten so far is they've gotten a breadth of catalog, pardon yes. the pun, a little bit <laughs> with the breadth of a while, but yeah, um, so we're getting well. Yeah, the Switch has revitalized Nintendo. Yeah. It's uh, between Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. I think those, those two are... titles have enough. Yeah, that's what I bought the system for is to play those two games. Yeah. But it's been a huge library for indie games of all types. It's just a natural fit for... Mm-hmm. And the whole hybrid handheld big screen thing has worked out very well for them. And it's phenomenal. So it's so before we get super deep into Super Mario Odyssey, I know we've already kind of we talked about it last episode, which if I'm going to pull in the curtain back a little bit, guys, we we since we've done two episodes in a row, it's not going to be much new. But have you have you done anything that you didn't talk about last uh, episode? Sure. We can talk about uh, there's another new anime out that I've been enjoying a lot along yeah. with Kelly, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. Have you run into that one? I have yet? not, no. What's so it's kind of like one of those high school shonen style anime. There's okay. a character who 
ends up uh, eating like the finger, uh, one of the ten fingers of a demon king. Oh, that's going to be fun. And he <laughs> gains some of his cursed powers, and he gets enrolled in this academy for demon slayers. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to fight demons in Tokyo. There's political stuff going on between them and like rival schools. It's like some people think he should be killed because he's like a cursed spirit now, huh. and some people think that they should use him to try and beat this this over cursed spirit. That's cool. It's it's just it's a nice shonen anime. It's good. I'm gonna have to see if Jackie wants to watch it. That may be something she she would like. But um, we have it's actually a little more mature than something yeah. like My Fair Academia or something like that. I I've kind of noticed I do like the shows that I'm watching right now, especially on on Funimation that you put out there. I just kind of want something a little more you know serious. Like it's kind of like wanting to watch something like Monster or a Steins Gate a little bit, where it's a little more serious and a little more heavy. Did you watch Goblin Slayer? It's been a while though, because because I finished that season and they haven't come out with the second they season yet. Okay, so if you want like heavy, even Goblin Slayer, or it's, uh, I would say, well, Psychopath is good, but that that, may, that might be too close to home. That's kind of like a cop thing. Yeah, it's um, a little a little too close. I tried watching it and I like it. I man, it's just yeah, I couldn't really. I couldn't really get into it all much. I did like it a lot, though. It's like I sat down and tried to watch Scrubs, and like, is it a good show? Sure, but there's and so many I, things you're and like, I you're watch like, it and actually relax. No, it just makes me stress out. Yeah, you're like, that's not how you're supposed to do that. That's not how you're supposed to do that. You don't do that. It's like, oh my god, you're it's just losing your, there. you're just losing your shit. It's kind of like me watching any kind of like NCIS thing, and I'm just like, that's not how, you, that's not how the real world works. It's not how it works. And Jackie's like. Well, why don't we just not watch it? And I'm like, no, I have to finish it now. I'm mad. It's just like, and and then I just get mad at the show. But anyways, so it's 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 one of those things that we haven't been uh, watching a ton of anime, but that would be really cool to watch. Actually, we, we were watching, um, they actually just put Marie Antoinette, the one with uh, Kirsten uh, Dunst on uh, HBO Max. And it's actually one of Jackie's favorite movies of all time. So obviously you're familiar with Marie Antoinette yeah. as the character. Um, yes. So what they do is they take a really interesting uh, approach. to This is an older movie. This is came out in like, I want to say 2012, 2015. Mm-hmm. It was probably whenever she was in high school or college, one of the two. Anyways, so it's basically set up that it's all centered around Maria Antoinette. She, you know, they start, you know, uh, she's a daughter of a German, of the German emperor. Mm-hmm. She gets uh, married off to uh, Louis of France and they end up becoming queen. But the whole time, they basically only center around them in Versailles and all the fun stuff that they have. That's all so much fun. It's like a feel good movie and they completely ignore the plight that's going out on the world world. And so they just kind of like focus on the extravagance of how much, how much they were spending and how much they were doing while the whole rest of the country was basically just falling apart. Yeah. And that's something interesting for me, like in this historical stuff is a lot of people don't realize how we talk about like wage gap and stuff, these yeah. days, but historically speaking, the gap between the super wealthy and the poor was much, much larger. Much more wider. Yeah. Yeah. You watch something like that and it's, it's eye opening. And it's, it's, it's definitely bit. not as like good as it could be nowadays, but it's definitely better than what it was. But looking at something like that, you can see the sheer extravagance. Like they literally have sweets for every single meal and they do a thing that it's, it's, it's amazing to watch in historical context. They come at whenever Marie and Louis come out for dinner, they, they make it a point. You see them almost every day, like throughout points in their life, they do a breakfast meal with mm-hmm. them and they show the amount of food for two people Yeah, is freaking insane. Ooh. 
it's some it's the amount of food that it would take like you and I to eat a week well, to ha- exactly. eat, you know, ingest. At the time, you know, these days people like build houses and stuff to show how wealthy they are. Yeah. People did that back then too, but construction was a lot slower. That was the work of generations. So how do you show yeah. your wealth every day? You show it in the food that you eat. Yeah. Nothing had anything like Renaissance France did. And so the, uh, yeah, you might lay out 20 or 30 dishes for a meal and you would just pick through the ones you like best. Yeah. I know some of the French kings from that time period were known to throw extravagant parties with hundreds of dishes for each meal. Yeah. They would like walk them past the king and he would take whatever he wanted off the plate and then it would go to the rest of the table to be served. So... Talking about that, I know we're getting way we're getting off way off Mario Super Mario Odyssey topics, but watching Tasting History with Max Miller and this is actually really interesting. It is really cool. I do like so you look at so uh, talking about uh, parties. So the guy the the king that built Versailles, you know why Versailles was built? I do not. So Jackie told me this. Um, I'm gonna give kudos for her seeing as she's a French and Spanish major um, or aficionado. She's more of a Spanish major, but she definitely kind of dipped into French a little bit. So. The um the king or the the king that had built Versailles he didn't have what basically what happened was he had a finance minister before he built Versailles the finance minister was embezzling funds mm-hmm. the whole time because this was back in like this is like I'm gonna say fifty years before Marie Antoinette maybe a little bit more than that anyways finance minister embezzling funds actually becomes the richest man in France mm-hmm. plans on like throwing a big party and then skipping town essentially. Okay. So what he does is he builds his own little palace, things like that right outside of France and mm-hmm. just throws the most extravagant party. St- literally it was like when people were coming in for the party, he was giving away jewels to people. This is a party favor. As a party favor. Wow. And had invited the king of France to this party. Yeah. Well, the king gets like super jealous apparently. Mm-hmm. And was like, well, nobody throws a party better than I am. Doesn't even like, doesn't even cross his mind that hey, this guy's embezzling funds from me and is like stealing money from me. He gets pissed that he throws a better party than him. Then in, locks him up, investigates him, finds out he's stealing money from him, <laughs> kills this guy, and then proceeds to go. Well, I'm going to build a better place to have a party, and he builds Versailles. <laughs> That's why Versailles is around. Yes. Isn't that ridiculous? It is ridiculous. And it's literally from sheer envy. That's the only reason Versailles is around. <laughs> it's basically like, you know, oh, you want to show off your 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 flaunt your money? Oh, well, I'm gonna flaunt my money even more. It's like who's got the bigger package kind of thing, essentially. It's good to be the king. It's essentially it's that's what it was. And I was just like, that's <laughs> insane. But anyway, so we like went way off topic there. I know yes. we went down down rabbit hole there, but so, talking know, talking about money. Well, it's yeah, Super Mario. Is talking about monumental and uh, just just uh, 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 history changing events. This was a history changing event, in my opinion, for the Nintendo Switch. It was. You so, like that? You like that segue? That was pretty good, wasn't that it? That was a pretty good segue. <laughs> so. They started developing this game in late 2013. Yes. It was made by the same development team as Super Mario 3D World, which is another excellent game. And yes. the Bowser's Fury one is out now for that yes. if you haven't played it yet. Uh, it was uh, made with the assistance of 1UP Studio. The director was Kenta Motokura for this one. Uh, if you may remember from our Mario 
uh, RPG that Shigeru Miyamoto has been the lead on pretty much every Mario game up until this I, point. I mean, essentially, so this just, is where he's yeah. kind of stepping back to the more of an executive role. Yeah, he he kind of does creative control. Basically, kind of says, "Hey," he basically gives the blessing for any Mario projects. Is what he does. Yeah, and you've seen this in a lot of the Nintendo core properties, like the the figures that made the original games. Personally, are starting to step back and yeah. their replacements. And that means that he's acting more as a supervisor yeah. and less as a direct project. Because well, at this point, he's in his mid to late 50s, isn't he? Yeah. Well, but now even like in 2021, I think he's 60, 64, yeah. probably. And so he's trying to get to the point where he can actually retire and trust the studio to somebody. I don't know if, he, I'd be a fair, I don't know if he's ever going to retire, but. <laughs> Retirement's not like a big thing in Japan. <laughs> and, then, and especially for him, it's just, yeah, anyways, though. This is kind of his baby. But in any case... The uh, game was apparently based around the theme of surprise. Oh. They were trying to do this thing where players were going to explore and be surprised and find and discover things. So Mm -hmm. as people are probably aware, it's kind of like a sandboxy open world game. There's a series of worlds that you go through. Mm -hmm. It's a fairly linear progression of worlds, but inside each world, it's an open sandbox. Yeah, which was kind of nice, you know. It is really nice. And uh, whenever they were producing this game, they were trying to think of how they can show off the new Switch mechanic, which is the Joy-Con controllers. And Nintendo had been playing with motion controllers for a long time. like They they did that with the Wii U. Yeah, they did the whole bowling thing and all that stuff. And it was fun. And they kind of like, they tempered that. They they didn't temper it, sorry. They kind of played around with that with the Zelda game from the Wii, I believe, whenever you can kind of do the bow mechanic a little bit. There was a bow mechanic and there was also a sword swing on Skyward Sword. And, it was okay. Uh, it wasn't great, though. The Wii motion sensors were actually pretty rudimentary. Yeah. I mean, like, they could kind of point at the screen, but then in terms of actually detecting your motion, it wasn't do very much. Now, yeah. the Switch's motion controls are much, much more sensitive. Yes. And they wanted to show that off a little bit in this game. Mm-hmm. So they eventually decided that the action of throwing a hat was something they liked doing with the Switch controller. To be fair, yeah. And that became a theme of the game, and that's where Cappy came from. That's right. And do you want to describe what Cappy is? So Cappy is... Um, so every every 3D Mario game has like a companion yeah. for Mario. That's usually something who mixes up the gameplay a little bit. Like there's the jetpack from Super Mario Sunshine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just... Uh, they function as a storytelling device and also as a gameplay device. And so in this one, you have Cappy... He is a sentient hat from the Kingdom of Caps, which is where you start the game at. And he takes the place of Mario's hat for most of the game. That's right, he does. The core mechanic of the game is that you can throw Cappy onto an enemy, and then you capture them, and you become that enemy for a while. Yep. And in the climax of the game, you actually get to play as Bowser for a little bit. Just a tiny, tiny bit, Just yeah. A tiny, tiny bit. But it's still fun, though. And the song there is actually pretty good. So It is really good. So so they take this, this Joy-Con mechanic with the hat, uh, uh, capture uh, system mechanic and they really this kind of like this is the central theme that like you said that they, they kind of like moved it around that you basically can capture different types of baddies throughout the game and you know enter, enter different types of objects to try and figure out puzzles to collect yeah. moons throughout the game correct? Yes and this is focusing in on like the core 3D Mario thing which is yeah. we talked about this for our Mario 64 game it's the Really, really fluid mechanics for movement. It's got the same like jump, triple jump, side mm-hmm. jump, spin jumps. They've really preserved those mechanics through the games, and they are just beautifully smooth in this one. So, so going off that a little bit, they so 
the mechanics and the world building that they set up. This is this is what you saw in Mario Super Mario 3D World, which came out for the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And they also, but they also kind of take the mechanics from Super Mario uh, Galaxy a little yes, bit this and kind of roll it into that. Yeah, this is uh, whereas 3D World is a great game. It's more like a two and a half D to three D yeah. take on like well, it's named Super Mario Three D World. It really reminds me of Super Mario World for the Super NES. Yes, this is like a three D Mario title. So this is the same vein as Super Mario sixty four. You mentioned Super Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Sunshine. This is Galaxy all of that. Yeah, yeah. And this is like that series of games. Mm-hmm. And so it has this uh, this moon mechanic. But whereas in the previous games, like you would enter the stage by selecting a, a you know, there's been stars and power moons and all that. Oh, all this stuff, you yeah. select the moon that you're going to get, and then you go into the stage, you collect that moon, and then you leave, yeah. and you go back in. Go back and forth, This yeah. one is more of an open world where there is a big sandbox, like the first kingdom that, after the hat one, is the Cascade Kingdom, which is like a dinosaur-y themed yeah. area. And it has like 20-odd moons or something. Roughly, yeah. Every stage has a couple of story moons. Like there's a little mini you, they have to get, yeah, you have to get. But otherwise, it's just open exploration. Yeah. Hey, if you know, it's basically like, hey, if you want to try and find these, you can find these. You can literally go around the whole the whole area and find all the moons if you want. And some of them will progress a little bit, mm-hmm. but but you only wires. There's like twenty in the area. You only actually need like seven to progress the story. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah. And so for Cascade Kingdom, for example, you'll get three for beating Madame Brutal, who is like one of the bosses. One of the, the big area. baddies. Yeah. But otherwise, you can get like any other four moons. Like yep. there's one for like smashing a wall as a chain chomp. There's one where you can capture a dinosaur and run around and smash some little. Which was phenomenal because a dinosaur with a with a Mario hat and a mustache looks hilarious something i did not realize i needed in my life <laughs> <laughs> you definitely you definitely did that in your life so but yeah so and and that's kind of what it is it's these super dense polished environments that you're going kind of from one to one and there's just a ton to explore yeah and and the thing is like you said there's so much to explore because each they have how many levels or how many worlds do they have do they have eight or nine oh let me think there's cap there's cascade yeah there's sand New Donk. There's New Donk. There's water. Water. I'm trying to think. There's the back. There's, there's the there... forest one. Yeah. There's the moon. moon. Is there a lava um, level? There's the beach one. That's what I was thinking of. Maybe yeah. I think and then there's the dark side of the moon, and there's um, mushroom kingdom. Okay, so there is. There's ten. Okay, so that's on because ten is usually normally what they put in there. Roughly, yeah. I know they try to put in that ten number. At least get ten in there. So, um, but yeah. But yeah, they, they do enough of these that you can l- spend hours because I think there's a total of like, it was like, is it like 200, 300 moons? Uh, 800, actually. 800? Oh my God, I was way <laughs> off. That is ridiculous. I didn't think it's, there was that many. Well, so you may not realize, but actually after you beat Bowser, mm-hmm. you can go back and you know those giant metal cubes in every single level? Uh, if you go up to them after you beat Bowser, you can <laughs> like unlock them, and it pretty much doubles the number of moons in each world. Oh wow! Okay, and well, those are hidden, and they are much harder to get to. Well, I have not done that yet, so and that's kind of I started to replay it probably about six months back, and I just kind of got lost because I got I got sidetracked because I really wanted. That's about the time they announced Super Mario 3D World with the Bowser's Fury thing, so I was really wanting to get that. So I kind of like held off because I know if I. I knew that if I kept playing, I wasn't going to want to get it 
and I was going to get burnt out on Mario because I don't know how you are, but oh my god, that is ridiculous. Who I'm sure somebody's found them all. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Easily, it's that's that's insane though. But anyways, um, that I would love to see. Would you like to know what the speed run record is? So yeah, let's do a quick little speed run uh, so ep- to collect, section. To collect all eight hundred and eighty moons, uh, eight hours and sixteen minutes. No, no. As of, as of May twenty seventh. No, that's actually twenty eighteen. It's probably a lot faster than that now. Still screw it. I know that's ridiculous. <laughs> so let's do the was uh, I'll we'll look it up later. But yeah, we're gonna do a couple little speed run uh, uh, facts about this because this is one of those games that people have found. Even though there's not a whole lot of game uh, game break mechanics in it, there are definitely some tricks and you tips. Actually, be surprised. There's quite a few. Oh really? Okay. So the Mario 3D Mario games have been popular for speed running forever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like Mario 64 is one of the most speed running. <laughs> yeah. Of all time. And Super Mario Odyssey, pretty much from the moment it got released, was a speedrunning game. I think within a day or two of it being released, someone posted the first run, which was like an hour and a half or something to beat the game. Yeah. Which, for a brand new game, was ridiculous. Exactly. And it's like, what? Hey. At this point, they've gotten the, I think the runtime is like 56 or 57 minutes. To it's 57 game. minutes. I just looked but it up a little while the ago. Yeah. they've gotten. Yeah. Which is absolutely bonkers what other speed runs have there been james so my personal favorite i watch a guy <laughs> called small land and he does a speed run called minimum captures yeah where the goal is to use cappy to capture the least number of things possible to finish the game yeah. and so that's that's a that's a pretty basic game mechanic to like to try to beat the game is you know to get moons and all that stuff yeah yes and the things they do are ridiculous <laughs> So, for example, for the very first level for the Cascade Kingdom, there's yeah. a lot of required captures. Like, you have to capture the dinosaur to knock over the pillar yeah. for the first moon. You have to, there's three captures minimum you have to do to beat Madame Brutal. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, and there's also some other power moons that you can't get to without a capture as well. Yes. So, just to get through the first level, yeah. they have to go out of bounds like seven or eight times. Like, oh my uh, God. That is insane that they, they it's insane that so they I, actually clip out of bounds in the first platform next to the first power moon. Okay. And there is some geometry inside the level out of bounds that you can jump on, but it's invisible and it's blind. And so they jump through the whole thing and they actually come out in the 2D section in the pipe area. That is insane and cool. Wow. I love that. I love people, man. That's I love how people are like, I'm gonna try and break this game. But there's actually not enough moons you can get in the kingdom without capturing things Mm -hmm. that way. You'll come up one short. So how do they get the last power moon for the kingdom? How James. You remember the island in the sky in the Cascade Kingdom? You briefly come to later, there's actually a portal in a different kingdom, but you're supposed to go through the painting and come to that area, and there's one power moon on top of the island. It's actually impossible to jump up there, but if you play the game in two-player mode, you can. the second player will control Cappy separately from Mario. Yes. And so what the people do is they take one controller of their hands, they put the second controller on the ground and use their feet to control Cappy. Nope. And if you nope. do the correct jump up into the sky, you can get just high enough that you can actually push Cappy across the map, capture the checkpoint with Cappy, and then teleport up to the island in the sky. Nope. <laughs> and 
And that's actually one of the simpler tricks they do for the run. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, so now I want to sit down. And, that might be you my should, thing that I... You should watch one of these speed runs. Or, during my study break tonight, I might I might just like go down a hole probably and just like take a look and see. But that would be that would be amazing to watch. Yeah. The simple the simple fact that somebody took the time to like, hey, this is how... I, I wonder if I can do this. And they took the time to go doop, 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 doop. See... For me, I don't know, you and I, mm-hmm. we'd probably like, we try it like four or five times. We're like, ah, it's not possible. Then we just move on. Yeah. Yeah. This is somebody that probably spent days trying to figure this out. Yeah. So the original minimum captures run was 13 captures, I think. And yeah. That was felt to be the minimum number. They've got it down to three now. That is, God three, dang. Three captures to finish the game. That is uh, insane. Well, for example, in Bowser's Kingdom, you know, there's five captures in Bowser's Kingdom. Yeah. You go from each mini island to each mini island. Yeah. They get through that with what's called a copy return cancel, where you do a complicated trick where you uh, send Cappy out into the map blindly, <laughs> trying to get it into the right direction. And mm-hmm. then you do another trick which pulls Cappy back to you and then cancels it when it hits something. And if you've done the trick just right, you'll hit the checkpoint on the way back and then you can teleport to the next island without capturing something. <laughs> it's it's thoroughly ridiculous i i love i like i said i love the people that people people have done is and the the fact that they've got the the speed run time for the min captures is like one hour 15 now god dang or an hour 13 it's only like 20 minutes slower than the 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 regular speed run is that is so cool but yeah so let's let's get into the game a little bit more before we kind of gush a little bit more on the i love i love that kind of speed run one last last speed run yeah one last thing there the way that you skip getting up onto the floating island where you fight the mega brutal is called a nut jump describe the nut jump james so there are some nuts in the game and you throw them in pots and you make giant beanstalks Mm -hmm. well it turns out that if you have the nut and you get it wet, and the trick only works when the nut is wet, then you can actually pick up the nut, throw it, jump, dive bomb, pick up the nut in midair, and repeat this infinitely. <laughs> now, the, the timing is complicated because it's not a consistent timing pattern, so yeah. you have to pay attention. But if you can do about 50 consecutive nut jumps, you can get from the platform up to the Bowser Island without capturing the platform. You're, I'm done. It's, it's ridiculous. I'm done. It's thoroughly ridiculous to watch. That is that is insane to watch. It's, and an, something, almost, it's an almost frame-perfect trick, and you have to do it like 50 times. I'm sure day. somebody's like, I've done this like four, you know, 40, 50 times, and I'm just like, you know what? Screw you. I'm done. <laughs> I'm lucky if I can barely beat the game. It's just like, it's just ins- that is insane, man. It's absolutely insane. I love that, though. I love that somebody's able to do that, though. It's just it just shows somebody's dedication and just like love for the game that they're willing to break it in my opinion. That's just mm-hmm. that's how I was. We we've, we've kind of talked about that a little bit, I'm but I'm a big fan of speedrunning stuff in general. But yeah, so if you guys like that speedrunning kind of thing, just give us a call or not give us a call. Let us know uh, about it and give us some more uh, examples of the speedrunning uh, in a community that uh, Mario Odyssey has. So mm-hmm. I like to, I would like to hear some of the more obscure ones. I'm sure there are a ton out there, but but yeah. Definitely. So so as you kind of like progress through the game, obviously you said that. Uh, you have all these different ways of capturing moons and going through the game and things like that. So what is the actual like whole end goal of the game? Because I know there's actually, there's the basic story of Bowser ca- capturing yeah, so Peach. Bowser has captured Peach and uh, Cappy's like lady cat friend has been forced to be Peach's crown and Bowser's like trapezing through the world, yeah. getting the stuff he needs to marry Peach forcibly at the big chapel on the moon. Not creepy at all. So, like, from one kingdom, he takes, like, this is, like, the water kingdom. He takes, the, like, the special heirloom dress. And yeah. 
one kingdom has like a giant like you know rock of a diamond ring and <laughs> he's like going through the game collecting all this stuff and you're like following up behind him yeah. for the most part being like oh i'm gonna catch up to you the typical mario bowser the typical you know mario bowser relationship yeah <laughs> and you go oh luncheon kingdom i forgot one that's what luncheon king luncheon kingdom the food one Oh, I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, I remember now. Because I hated the goo stuff that you had to jump in. Yeah, I and the dark side of the moon has a darker side. So yeah. I think there's 12? twelve. Yeah. Wow, good call. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that rain let me pop to just then. So anyways. <laughs> I know, Luncheon Kingdom was a good one. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> While you're going through there, Bowser has some henchmen called the Brutals, and these are like these rabbit themed enemies, which yeah. I think is kind of a nod to the Mario and Rabbids Kingdom battles. A little bit, yeah. They're not like directly related characters, but the rabbits have kind of been part of them. They're Mario kind of game. like the the Axum Rangers of Mario Odyssey a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Because <laughs> they all have their own little theme and color a little bit and different like attacks and things like yeah, that. And so each kingdom has a boss fight with one of the brutal children. Yeah. Kind of similar to how the previous games have had like Bowser's kids like Iggy and yeah. stuff at the end of each world. And uh, that's kind of it. Like at the end of each your goal for each kingdom is to collect a certain number of power mm-hmm. beams that lets you power up your ship and make it powerful enough to get to the next kingdom area. Yeah. Cause you actually, that's one of the mechanics is the whole thing, boy, how you travel. So that's what they get rid of. They get rid of the, the big hub area mm-hmm. that is in a lot of Mario games. Like whenever you go through, like say like Mario galaxy had a big hub, area. big hub and things like that. And, and especially like with uh, the, the overworld thing, they put in that kind of the overworld thing where you travel, from uh, world to world to world inside your cap ship, essentially. Cappy's like, hey, I can, I have this uh, cap ship ball. This one looks like it's uh, out of commission. Let's uh, let's try to get it going with some moons, yada, yada, yada. And you basically like build up the sail so you can catch up to, yeah. to uh, uh, Bowser. That's kind of like your central area that you have. So mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of a really interesting mechanic that they put that in there, in, that they're like, hey, we're going to have this little little area that you sit in and they travel it's kind of really reminiscent of that overworld view that you have in some of the old uh, old mario games it is and i i do like what they've done where they got rid of like the big hub world because it makes it feel more like a world because that's yeah. one criticism i had of games like super mario 64 mm-hmm. and mario sunshine has this too where you it just it doesn't feel like an open world because it's not. It's still kind of level segmented. It's, yeah, it's levels with a hub, and this no. just feels like a series of locations that you're traveling to. Yeah, and the fact that you can like collect regional coins and buy souvenirs for your ship is super cool. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I had to get all of them. Like as you did, there was the decal for the ship, and there was like the little yep. statue and the outfit from Mario. I did, I, I did, I did, did get quite a few of them. Then on top of that, you can also buy little uh, outfits for all of Mario too. Yes, which I had to have those two. I got all the coins on every kingdom. <laughs> That's why I love you to death. But yeah, you can do all this kind of, they gave all these nice little collectible things in there that you can do. There are side things that you, you can try and uh, build up as you go along, which I, I enjoyed that they threw that in there because a lot of a lot of times they don't, they put, they usually do put things like that in a lot of the other games like Super Mario 3D World. It's the green stars and the stickers yeah. and and in in uh super mario uh odyssey i'm trying to remember what it was is it what was it in super mario odyssey you remember uh, i'm in a brain fart well odyssey is the one we're talking about now super mario sunshine is what i was thinking i think i don't remember what sunshine had. i can't remember but i know they they do that in kind of like every other there's always collectible there's always a little collect collectible and they started putting that in some of the games uh even more and more prominently but uh so 
obviously you have all these game mechanics and the storyline. Well, they had blue coins and sunshine. Did you? That's, they had to use them to unlock some stuff for the story. That's what I was thinking of. Coins, yeah. I couldn't remember. And they're always it's always either green or blue or something like that. And it's yeah. always some really random thing that they throw in there. But so as you go throughout the game, yeah, you obviously you, you build up the power from your ship and you end up fighting Bowser at the very end, uh and you actually end up taking him over mm-hmm. a little bit. But it's how do you how do you like the game as a whole? And the game as a whole is a wonderful experience. Okay. I mean, it's I love sandbox games in general. We've established <laughs> that before. Yes. This is also a 3D platformer, which I love too. It's great. I, I like it a lot. It uh it doesn't scratch the same like puzzling itch as something like Banjo and Kazooie or something mm-hmm. like that does, but it's just such a free form open game that it's just really a pleasure to play and to run around and to find everything. Oh hey. Just totally read this. Um, did you know that after you beat the game, you actually unlock a thirteenth level, which is Peach's Castle? Yes, that's the uh, that's uh, actually one of the cooler stages. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. That was kind of interesting that they threw that in there. But and that's where you get. I guess that's why you know you could roughly have a hundred, roughly around a hundred, a little bit less than about a hundred, but seventy five moons per 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 level. I guess almost. Yep, that's insane. But yeah. So- yeah, and the the game actually has several kind of love letters to the Mario series in general. And mm-hmm. uh, New Donk City is easily the biggest level. Absolutely. And it has its story section is this like celebration of Mario as a series. Yeah. And so there's this little segment where you like are going through and collecting stuff to throw this party, and mm-hmm. they have this great big party with a power ballad song to go yep. with it about. You know, one jump man, I think is what it was. Yep, that's what they call him. Which, and, and the person that they they have uh, set up and to sing of the character is Paulina. Is Paulina? And you want to explain who Paulina is? Uh, she is the character, the princess character from the original. Yeah, so, Donkey Kong. is the woman that Donkey Kong was grabbing. Yeah. So, bef- yeah. Peach, so, bef- it, bef- yeah it's, it was never Princess Peach. Princess Peach first appeared in the Super Mario game. Yes. Not like not 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 the Donkey Kong game, which is kind of most people get confused with. Yep. Back when he was just jump man. <laughs> jump man. He is a jump man. So other things they throw in there. So they do like as you go through and you 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 uh get all these little things in New Dunk City, they do homages to all the older games a little bit, don't they? They do. A lot of them and especially in the Mushroom Kingdom at the very end, the Princess Castle, the whole castle from Super Mario sixty four is recreated. They recreate oh it's yeah. And uh there's you can, uh, if you go into the right cave, you'll turn into the Super Mario 64 sprite. That's right, you will. <laughs> so that that specifically tells me that they can recreate Mario, Super Mario 64 as a re, and remaster it. Because I've seen people do that with the Unreal Engine. Like, they took the graphics and they they, they moved, they shifted it over. And it looks, like they can do it. Well, they, they, just don't, they just don't want to. <laughs> It'd be a lot of work, yeah. They'd also make a lot of money. They probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but it just boggles my mind why they wouldn't do it. But without going down on Nintendo. But anyways, so as they go through, you have all these other little uh, niceties that they throw in there. They have the the photo mode, which allows you to take uh, 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 pictures of Mario as you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have, they also allowed it to where you um, have these, uh, you know, the Amiibo figures that they have in there. Mm-hmm. They allow you to oh, add... It's it's an it's basically Nintendo's answer to Skylanders, yeah, which is much. ridiculous, but allows you to get a few extra little special abilities throughout the game, special costumes if you want to do that. One thing that is fun is the Luigi's Balloon World. 
Yeah. Which uh, has gotten kind of ridiculous. When it first came out, <laughs> it was fun for me. And now it is not because <laughs> people have started hiding the moons out of bounds. Really? To be, to be cheeky, yes. Oh, my God. So, Do you want to explain what... So uh, Luigi's Mar- Balloon World, you get this like a few seconds. It's like 10 seconds or something. Yeah. You carry a balloon from the starting point to wherever you want to leave it. Yeah. And if you pick up coins along the way, it adds seconds to the clock. And wherever you are when the time finishes, that's where the balloon is left. Mm-hmm. And then whenever someone plays the Luigi's Balloon World game, they have to donate a certain number of coins. And if they get the balloon, they get like the bounty for it. Mm-hmm. And it builds up as people play it. And if you go through and you see a balloon with like a few hundred coin bounty or something, you know it's probably hidden out of bounds somewhere. (laughs) So so people are hiding their balloons like inside of the geometry of the level. That's ridiculous. Clips and stuff to get out there. So that's the kind of thing where you just kind of look at it and you're like, wow, you guys are just evil. Why would you, why would you do this? It's just, uh, but anyways, that's, that's the kind of fun little things on that. Like they actually have, like you said, they have that leaderboard system that you try to get to, and it looks like, uh, yeah, a uh, leaderboard system that was set up for the finding the most balloons. Um, yeah, there's also a couple of Koopa races that have leaderboards. They have that, yeah. There's a jump rope mini game that has a leaderboard. Yeah, well, that's how you get one of the stars, but they, I've watched people do, like, stupid long jump runs, and I'm like, oh, why... Yeah. 30 minutes to do, th- uh, that's ridiculous. If but. there's a leaderboard, then someone will take it way too far. Yep. That is the rule of video games. That is absolutely true. So, but anyway, so let me ask you this. Would you, would you recommend this to anybody or nobody? Considering I've been gushing about it, yes. I think this game you could recommend for anybody. Okay. It's, uh, it's definitely going to appeal most to people who like those 3D platform, open world exploration mm-hmm. type things. But this is such a solid game in general. I think anybody of any age would enjoy this one. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm going to give it two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Not at all. Not at all. I'm actually giving it like two huge thumbs up. Um, I actually liked this. I like this game so much that I actually started letting my uh, nephews play it, um, Paul and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually got through the first Cappy World by themselves. They were having a little trouble with uh, the first boss. But mm-hmm. it um, with Mama, what's her face? Madam I can't remember. Brutal. Madam Brutal, um, and they were actually they were actually Isaac was like, "Can I keep playing?" And I'm like, "You've been playing for 30 minutes, but I was like, your mom's gonna kill me let you play anymore." <laughs> but yeah, he was really enjoying it. But yeah, and that's one good thing about it is there is enough easy, low hanging fruit moons for a kid to get through the game and have fun. Absolutely. And there's a har- enough hard stuff enough, to challenge people like there's us. There's enough challenging stuff for adults. Like some of the harder moves to get to are frankly ridiculous. Yeah. And there's things like that where it's literally like, unless you're a significantly dedicated fan of this game, you're going to have a heck of a time trying to get that stuff. Uh, and so one thing too is the people have recently cracked modding on Switch and someone is doing a, a Kaizo Super Mario Odyssey. That's amazing. And if you haven't watched some footage from it, like it's really ridiculous. I, I did hear that somebody did actually had started doing that. Actually, one guy actually got sued because Nintendo took him. He was modding switches and selling them. Yeah. Yeah. So don't sell them. <laughs> Buy them yourselves and mod them for your own personal use is what I would suggest. So modding your own equipment is not illegal. Yes. Profiting from the modification of Nintendo's equipment is illegal. And they get little, they get real pissy real fast. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I actually read that recently. That was in the last month or so. They took him to court over it. So yeah, he was selling the program people were using to mod. That's what it was. Yeah. 
So I was like, oh, oh, okay. So don't, don't, don't buy that product. Got it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> well, and one thing people don't realize is like if Nintendo wants to keep their copyright on their products, they have to defend themselves from stuff yeah. like this. It's so I, I understand why it's a company that I like do it. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. But yeah. So if you like doing that kind of modding stuff, guys, yeah, just, and you've got the money to waste, go ahead and buy a Nintendo Switch and have fun with it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, just don't, don't profit off. But yeah. Um, so that is our, Super so, Mario Odyssey episode. Yeah. Needless to say, it won tons of awards. Oh God, yeah, more than twenty million sales. It still sells. It still I mean, sells like hotcakes. It's a it's a great game. I really hope so. Things to come from that, actually. So in the future, I don't know if you've gotten to uh, Bowser's Fury portion of the 3D world yet. I have not. We've we've gotten through World Two. We've just kind of been playing it like one world at a time. It's okay. It's a fun little game. The only reason I did is because I. So that's the only downside. I played playing with a friend. Right, so you were just. Going through it. Just going powering through it because I didn't have to watch my kid and didn't have any other things to do. So I was like, I was just sitting down here playing like crazy. So, but with Bowser Fury, the game mechanics they throw in there, I'm really hoping that that is what they're going to be doing with the the game in the future because okay. it's definitely a build off of Super Mario Odyssey. Oh. And it looks so. If you like Super Mario Odyssey, I have a strong feeling you're going to love the Bowser's Fury portion of it. And they throw a few more game mechanics in there. And they take a lot of things from 3D World and put them into that Odyssey style gameplay. See, that would be cool. Like, I really it's, am digging the cat suit. Yeah, it's and they do that, and they do like an inventory system where you can actually like use different items multiple times to try and get to different places, different parts. So they have like the different like little so kind of like uh, Mario meets Zelda. Kind of a little bit. Okay. And it's still really fun, but they don't do like an actual like inventory system where it pops up okay. like that. So it's good. It's it's fun. So. Tell me how you feel about it. We'll go over Bowser's Fury whenever it comes out, whenever you get to it. But anyways, guys, um, that is our Super Mario Odyssey episode that James and I just spent probably 45 minutes gushing with a tiny little bit of a Marie Antoinette side uh, <laughs> side. Yeah, bar. 40 minutes of Mario, 20 minutes of French history. That's right. We. Oui. <laughs> Anyways, so that's our episode for the day, guys. If you guys liked what you heard today, if you guys don't like what you heard today, hit us up on social media. Let us know what we did wrong, what we did right. If you like this episode, like it. Leave us a review. It helps out a ton, guys. It tells that algorithm that we're doing what it want, what you guys want us to do, and it says and it pushes us up higher and tells us, hey, these guys are cool. Maybe not cool, but we're definitely talking about stuff you enjoy. How about that? Yes. (laughs) Okay, so, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. If there's anything you want us to talk about in the future, let us know, and we will hit it up shortly. Um, Just a heads up, though, there might be a tiny little break in the uh, episode releases. Um, I don't know. I'm sure if you guys are following along, you guys know that my wife is getting ready to have the second child um, here pretty soon. And I don't know what kind of cramps and hiccups that's going to throw up into the scheduling here. So fingers crossed we can try and keep a consistent schedule here. I'm, th- I'm sure James will come over and help alleviate yes, we'll a little bit. So we'll, but anyways, guys, so uh, keep your fingers crossed. We'll let you know what everything happens, if anything is going to change, and uh, we will post it on the websites. So, all right, James, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thanks for coming by and talking with me. Thank you. All right, guys, have a wonderful day. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.